0: Barrio, to our uh, list of recorded places, welcome to and the Selma, at present we're in Montserrat, aren't we? I always forget the name of the the little one that no one really pays attention to, Um, in in Peter's flat for the first time. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined, of course, eventually uh, by Peter. Thanks for uh, just notifying everyone of my lateness. I blame that on us recording at Rush Hour on a Friday. Yes. (laughs) Who would have thought of that? I don't know. Um, We've also got with us Andres Bruckner, Hello, welcome to a new episode of, of Paul, crowded Hand of Pod. Um An English town, of course. Hello, and welcome again. Who's one of the few bright spots of having to record on Friday all the time. As oh, I'll mention in a second, mm-hmm. there are several downsides to it. Uh, we're also joined by a gentleman who, right before introducing him, I've just realised I've completely forgotten what his surname is. Um, by Gustavo, for his Hand of Pod debut. Gustavo, what's your surname? <laughs> it's Guzman. Thank you for inviting, inviting me. Uh, Gustavo is going to be one of our. Um, uh, well, he's going to be competing, fighting with Santiago for the title of hand of potter with the most ascenso knowledge. He's got my vote, already because <laughs> <laughs> he's an Atlanta fan. Um, we shall. We'll talk a little bit about the lower divisions uh, later on. First of all, what I'm going to say. The downside of all of these frequent midweek rounds that we're having in the Primera at the moment is that um, Hand of Pod is being forced to record on stupid times, like, as Peter says, Friday at rush uh, hour, which means that this podcast isn't going to be online for most of our listeners before Saturday morning or very, very late Friday night, depending on which time zone you're in, that's assuming I'm actually able to get it all edited and, on, and uploaded and everything tonight. Um, this, of course, is affecting listener figures because... We know that you listeners like to work us into your routines in the middle of the week, listen to us on commutes and stuff, and you tend to do a lot of commuting on Saturdays, damn you. Um, Last week we had about a third of the number of listeners that we normally get for a Hand of Pod podcast, so if you like us, please feel free to share us with your friends and whatnot. Uh, I feel slightly like I'm begging but it does help because we like be, yeah, we'd like to remind you as well that Hand of Pod's
1: perfect to unwind at the weekend you know a nice bottle of wine maybe in the bathtub I don't know like
0: you know take the edge off the week absolutely it's a very good time um why don't you send us some self portraits of you no please <laughs> if, like in situations in which you normally enjoy Hand of Pod so that we can stick them on the blog or retweet them or something please feel free
1: no nudity, people please
0: no no absolutely nothing too um blue um Anyway, that's, that's the begging over with. Now we can get on to, to the football because, once again, we've had two fucking rounds to review since the last time we recorded. Uh, those have been rounds five, five and six. And six. Five I'm so confused with how many yes. matches everyone's played because I'm having to constantly. Send preview updates for the next round And tomorrow we start seven So we have have seven rounds Seven rounds already, it's been a week (laughs) Since the season started We're a third third of the way through the championship Um, So From those two rounds We've had some matches that were far more memorable than others (laughs) One in particular Sticks in the mind from Tuesday night I wanted to kill myself Um, But first of all If we can all remember back as far as A week ago To round five because it really was only a week ago. From round five, what were your favourite, or perhaps least favourite, English style?
1: Yeah, I should probably come clean and say that uh, for the long weekend, we had a 14, four-day weekend in Argentina for Carnaval. Um, I spent it in Mendoza and I watched the title of 90 minutes of football. If you'd like to um, hazard a guess at which game that was. I'm guessing it
0: was Racing All Boys.
1: It was indeed. So and I could speak at length
0: about that game. So but you I'm had a listening. better view than you might otherwise have had of the All Boys goal? Because if you'd been in the stand, I'm guessing from where you normally stand, you wouldn't have seen very much of it. Yeah, I would have
1: seen it. It would have been the right front us.
0: Okay. Because both goals were in the,
1: okay. in the home end. Yeah. The home end. <laughs> yeah. And no, I thought that was the moment for Racing to put that run of three, three defeats behind him, uh, get a bit of momentum going, and you know get out of the front but no I uh, always had other ideas and it was also a lot down to, to the coach I think Merlo who saw Racing went ahead fairly early in the first half I can't remember now who scored the goal but if I think ah uh, Vishal nice goal as well a crossing from the left um, kind of evaded the yes the Vieto Vieto was
2: the one who shot
1: I think the, of the cross and then yep. Uh, Bichard. Exactly. After rebound he, he No, it wasn't a rebound It Evaded the yes. Uh, yes. the targets of the cross that say Bichard was at the far post and like, cut inside and he finished very nicely. It looked like it was all the restings but they did what they always do when, you know, they get get in the lead, they get a nosebleed, they put everyone back and just waiting for the inevitable set piece,
3: bobble in um, bobbling the area, defensive fuck up and the equaliser. I think that's what's interesting is that Aston seems to defend the initial set piece, yeah. and then switch off for the ball that comes back so, into the box. Oh, <laughs> no, job,
1: like yeah, it's fine. Huh? So yeah, that was uh, the big the big shots missed, and then you saw midweek we'll get onto it but soon. I'm sure that it came back to bite us. Changes mind. by Mostaza were were poor, as mm-hmm. it
2: was said. Uh, they were defensive defensive yeah. ba- changes in,
1: in order to, to uh, preserve the the, the, the one nil and then well, uh, yeah, but it's not just been a problem with Mostaza in, in Racing. We've seen the same things with um, with Simeone. It was the same. They went one up and put everyone yeah, behind the ball. With Zuelia, he was notorious for doing it. Um, can't really say much for Vasilio or Ijkia, because they were just dreadful. But with all three of those coaches, you've seen the same thing. So maybe it's the players who can't quite believe they're in the lead and they just no one and, and you
2: name the the coaches that were at Racing for the last two years, I think. Yeah. Not but, more than two years, and they've, they've been, seen the same for, Four or five, of the coaches four or five
0: coaches. Mm-hmm. Is this a a thing that is infecting Argentine managerial styles? Full stop. Man, is it something that's that goes beyond just Racing? Or? It could be. I know. You, obviously, in Racing, you've got a hell of a lot more pressure than uh,
1: many clubs. So yes. you know. You, everything's about getting the result the result, the result so once even if they're winning 1-0 they just want to protect it for their life even though maybe if they go back you know sitting on the back foot against a team like boys who are just pumping the ball really trying to get up in your face is just a recipe
4: for disaster also uh, also Racing have never been known for being such a high-flying game team uh, in, the, in the in previous history mm-hmm. and um, you can you can't really blame Marlowe for that as they haven't played that uh, that offensively in their in their whole history if you compare if you compare uh, the racing two two 2001 team to uh, i don't know independentist team in two, 2002 when they want uh, to win the championship you will see um, you will see basically the same style uh, Marlowe is not a manager that is known to, no, uh, to, to, to 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 dread defensive uh, defensive playing I don't know. Um, it's it's basically see his style. If you look at at most of the managers in Primera División, uh, either see Merlo, or see Ramon Diaz see Carlos Bianchi, you will see that they are basically being consequent with their with their They were mm-hmm. styles. Mm-hmm. Very but conservative, very. Yeah. But in some cases, for example, for example, uh, Ramon Diaz or Carlos Bianchi you will see that maybe their gameplay is not up-to-date with how how football is being played in Argentina nowadays. Um, For example, Carlos Bianchi is seeing the aftermath of of a change in mentality by the players before, um, in the early 2000s, and uh, nowadays, and the way his team, his roster behaves.
0: And some of that, as we saw um, last Saturday Friday Saturday I think it was Yeah it was Saturday It was Saturday wasn't it um, In the one nil defeat That Bokka suffered Sorry, we should, First of all we should point out That all boys equalised It was made all the funnier For those of us who aren't Racing fans By the fact that Although it was thoroughly deserved It also came very very late In the game Where you just started to think Right Racing are actually Going to do this They're going to get a win And they fucked it up again I wouldn't know if it was deserved i um, <laughs> <the>, uh... <laughs> trying to slip that in there Without All boys know, had
4: more shots yeah. More shots on target than like statistics. Of the nah, so, <laughs> I don't know if you if you have heard but uh, Cambiaso, um what's it Javier? Nicolas. Nicolas, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Esteban's uh, brother, who's a captain and goalkeeper for all boys, um, had the misfortune of being taped while he was giving the the team pep talk. and
0: basically. In fairness, he should have known he was being taped because they do it with every single team before
4: they come out of the tunnel of football well, those. I, I actually asked him. He goes, "Well, I'm, I'm going to say what happened, and then I'm going to say what I asked about that uh, that sort of thing." Cambiaso basically what he said was basically that um, that their that their field was their field was basically crap. And uh, they were they were going to play in a in a in a a pitch in in a good state, so they would have to to play well. And it was basically uh, small talk and food for the for for the rivals. And um, the reason for this, I actually asked, is that uh, there were. It's not so much about what's going on with the with the old boys' field because it's basically in the same state that. Of that, of all of the teams in Capital Federal, which is crap for everyone, but because basically um, Cambiaso is, uh, is in the middle of a struggle with Bugallo, the chairman, uh-huh. and basically he's taking cheap shots to, to the to the board. We're contractually
0: obliged on the pod to not mention Orbois, um, president, without referring to him as Horacio Bugallo, <laughs> just uh, for future reference. <laughs> But yeah It's, it's a, a, a contract um, Dispute As indeed Camus one of, one of many All-Boys players who, who is not very happy About his contract Situation at the moment um, We shall now move on To Venice Southfield's 1-0 win over Bocker Juniors Which could have been Venice Southfield's 3-0 win over Bocker Juniors And Bocker couldn't Have had too many Problems um, I'm starting to realise That just going through Match by match Isn't necessarily Going to be the best Way to do it Because Bocker have Also had um, And they followed It up themselves With a more positive result if I can just get down round six to that. Um, 2-0 against Olimpo on it's Wednesday yeah Wednesday, Wednesday. 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 Yes. evening um, so it's not all bad for Boca but neither of the performances were brilliant were they? I think that's what you're going
1: to see all season from Boca really they're um they're not one of the best teams by a long shot but they've got certain players you know who we all know um Perequem obviously he came back. It was his first start right against Olimpo.
0: Uh He wasn't. I think it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, I think he came in. No, he didn't go. He didn't play against yeah. Barcelona well, at all. He was on the no. bench, and he actually didn't put him on yeah. because they were chasing the game. Yeah. So now she has got a lot of people. talking uh, Yeah. Slightly. You can't do that to, uh, again.
1: So they got yeah Perequem, they got Gago, uh, These players, you know, very very high quality. But you know, there's a lot of filler in the squad as well. So I think they're going to do. Exactly the same all season, they'll, they'll win a game, lose a game, draw, you know, and then
0: middle of the table, middle of the table, a little bit higher, and that's about all they can really aspire to. The other thing that you point out is, as you say, Gago, supposedly a high-quality player, is playing like crap still. We mentioned it last week. Yeah, um, in the international game, he didn't impress at all. Ole gave him two out of ten for Vocker's uh, game against Venezuela. Southfield, which even by Ole's standards is...
2: There was... The last... Uh, in the last times he was like complaining because of, of mm-hmm. course Boca level was very very down and and uh, he he did the same uh, in the friendly that Argentina played against R- Romania he was like uh, doing things not in the best perhaps yeah. way and, and and he was like put, putting a face like a, he was angry and, and complaining and that's
1: and that it's stuff like, definitely a source. I think his
3: any excuse will start to go out the window at Bonka now with Raquel back as well because at least previously you could say well he's having to shoulder the the burden of Raquel being missing with Raquel back in the side Gago
0: should be able to do his role and if he's still playing badly then (laughs) just in time to play
1: the wrestling (laughs)
0: Um, what else have we had uh, it's been a very poor week for Arsenal um, who have lost twice in a row both 2-0 to not particularly good teams uh, they did it away to Argentinos Juniors with Leonardo Piscolici scoring both yes both of the goals uh, Piscolici has now set up three and scored one of Argentinos goals this year and they've scored four goals in total so he's vital for them um, and Arsenal then lost at home 2-0 to Chilvez their current record after six rounds is two victories and four defeats which isn't the Arsenal that we've come to know mm. and not really mm-hmm. like all that much, is it? Um, normally, they're up in the title race somewhere by now. Santiago thinks that they're concentrating more on the Copa Libertadores, obviously, which it started pretty badly in there as well. No, they're not it's pretty as badly as they were last season. season. But, uh, yeah. I mean, in the Libertadores group stage, of course, everybody's only played two games yeah. so far, so they've, they've lost beat. away and they've won at Yeah, right. um, But, yeah, it's a bit of a, a peculiar one. I have not really mm-hmm. thought that Nic- Nicolás Aguirre, isn't it? Yes he yes. Um Was that Well I mean He's clearly an important player For them But I don't think He was going to be The difference between Them comfortably beating Sides that they normally Comfortably beat And losing to them When he's not in the team Which seems very bizarre um, Other sides That it hasn't been A good two rounds for I suppose If we're just mentioning Arsenal's
3: Defeat The second game Was against Kilmer Yeah Who had a pretty good Couple, they did. Of, couple of weeks They have yeah um, Couple of rounds
0: they have indeed. They uh, lost the first two matches, of course, under Ricardo Carvalhal Lombardi, But they've now come storming back and, slightly infuriatingly, for those of us who dislike Ricardo Carvalhal <laughs> Um have have won twice in a row. I trying to. Oh, of yeah. course, they beat Tigre one Um which was the first goal that Tigre have conceded all season, all year. Sorry, not all season, but so far in twenty fourteen, um, and was quite a stalker if you go onto YouTube and search Kines Tigre and Gol um, you will get and then obviously arranged by, by date um, you'll get to see a 30 yard screamer straight into the upper 90 as they call it in the United States or so I'm told Um the hell is that? 90 degrees the, the top corner oh.
1: Um yeah <laughs>
0: not quite <sure laughs> you <my> top <laughs> corners <laughs> <laughs> <though>. <laughs> from Uh, Sebastian Romero no it wasn't Sergio Romero was he he's the national team goalkeeper Sebastian Romero I was right the first time Um, they then claimed a 2-0 victory as Peter's already said over Abcidal de Sarandi which I believe lifts them just out of the relegation zone for the moment yeah you're right I've now dropped relegation zone at present is Arpentino Julio's bottom on 119 points from 101 games Godoy Cruz second bottom on 121 points from 101 games Olimpo in the relegation zone on 30 points from 25 games on 30 points from 25 games um, and all boys just above 123 uh, from 101 games so rather than paying attention to how far clear they are of Olimpo which is 0.18 of a point um, the, the easier way to do it is just that they're, they're too clear of all of they are by no means safe as a result um, but they are temporarily at least out of the relegation zone and they're loads of relegation point sixes coming up in the next few mm. rounds um, particularly this weekend there's uh, Kilmes against Kilimass against sounds familiar. Mm. Um from the previews I've been writing which you'll find out later um, so a good week for Kilmes. anyone who has been a really bad week for well, gentlemen no I think <laughs> in a lot of the games it
1: was a lot of win one lose one win one draw one yeah, yeah. Yeah. and yeah I
0: think Lanus, Not good uh, for Lanus lost away to Olimpo before beating um, Oh, it was Racing, wasn't it? Indeed, 1-0 yes. one, one With their results <laughs> With their kids, yeah um, I don't want to talk about that again <laughs> There wasn't really much to say It was just a bit, pretty much what anybody would expect For yeah. a 1-0 win That could have been a draw
1: In exactly the same fashion that Always drew against Racing Yes but, but um, um,
0: Racing's so obviously missed It's not been a bad week for Newell's old boys Who got a nil-nil were nil, held nil-nil by Estudiantes in La Plata We know that the Estudiantes backline um, Is impressive And of course after Newell's had played In the Copa Libertadores in mid-week That wasn't particularly a bad result I'd say avoiding defeat Just a couple of days after playing They played on Thursday night And they had to play Estudiantes on Saturday, on Sunday night sorry, So they only had two full days of um, preparation um, And then scored four goals for the third time in four matches um, at home to velez which was the really eyebrow-raising thing. That was, you know, top of the table. Well, a, a clash of, of title challenges for most of the last, uh, well, certainly for most of the last 18 months, those sides so, have both been narrow thereabouts. We were expecting a very even showing. We got a very even showing in the first half with Gabriel Hamsay heading Newells ahead right before half-time. And in the second half, which is... Massacre with body parts flying all over the place and lots of bullets flying around. It's hideous to watch for a Bellesville. Um, I think
1: I read the description I heard in in a bar around the corner from my neighbourhood. They just said it was a merry dance.
0: I think it's much nicer than yours. <laughs> bloody massacre. I suppose it's slightly more poetic if Isn't you want it? to put it like that. Goals <laughs> um, from Mirton Casco of course, because why would you? left back not get off the pitch and score and then Christian Diaz another defender three of the four goals came from the defence they did <laughs> and then Mito Figueroa had one late on after Roberto Nani had um, had pulled one back from a long ball and sort of quite past the goalkeeper for Vélez uh, Figueroa won the ball well no somebody else won the ball on the halfway line Figueroa chased it down and knocked uh, the goalkeeper from about ten yards inside Vélez's half um, a marvellous goal fantastic performance from Ezequiel not his first decent performance for videos but I think definitely his best so far and during the match I was informed by one of my Twitter followers that Ezequiel Ponce is 16 years old um, I knew he was a kid I knew I thought he was 18 or 19 I didn't realise he was 16 um, we should mention as well that maybe the most scary thing about that game is that
1: yours managed to absolutely turn over a without probably the two best players yes Maxi indeed. and David Vanega.
0: and indeed also without David Trezeguet and with, um, without Fabian Munoz Uh, Which of course is why Ponce was playing up front At the age of of 16 Um, But yeah, Maxi Rodriguez and Ember Banego Were both away uh, with the Argentina national team Uh, They had, in fact Just that was on Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yes, they'd already played um, by that point Against Romania in a 0-0 draw Which we shall get on to a little bit later Um, And they'll be back for this weekend But Newmonds It's safe to say Look like they're back If they can balance the... um, the, the demands of the Copa Libertadores with the league, which will become much easier if Ponce is going to play like that every week as well. They did it last year as well. Yeah, any problem? Well, they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they they, seem to, they started off slightly more slowly, of course, mm-hmm. in the Torneo Final this, this year, um, but it'll be interesting to see what they can do. No, uh, sorry,
2: we, we, we have to say that the, uh, for, it's not casual for me that uh, that results are, are are a consequence of of, of something which is uh, news. I think more better than news, but. Uh, uh, they put in the in the pitch players that are formed by themselves, mm-hmm. uh, youth players that uh, are uh, going to the st- and into the pitch and and play as as if they were uh, they as as they had a lot of experience and and they 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 don't have proof is uh, what uh, the one you named Ponce, 16 years old, and he played brilliantly with the uh, like like well uh, perhaps a. Uh, um, Bertie talked with him, or, or Haynes, uh, for instance, uh, who is uh, one of the older players, uh, to be quiet, to be at ease, and, and, and well, you, you have the results there in the, in, in the matches.
1: You can also use the other example, which is Colón. They're playing with a team almost exclusively of,
0: of teenagers youth team players and the top of the league. They, did, they are. Mm-hmm. We're we'll going to talk a lot in a second. As soon as I correct myself, because I did say that Newell's got this woman out, David dressing it, uh, he was in fact on the bench, which I don't know, but he didn't come on. Just need to check that before I let this go out. No, he didn't come on. Um, it, was so. re-
4: it was a good response, though, to, the, to all the criticism that, mm-hmm. that Bertie had taken because he hadn't signed on uh, strikers during the. Not least the, from this podcast. During the last <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to yeah, admit,
3: the is. last couple of weeks. Since I was last on the podcast, I've been thinking, oh great, that's one week after we discussed New York's lack of a striker, they've
0: gone on an absolute goal spree. Um, they have indeed, and, and Dan has mentioned uh, Colón, who are top of the league, they 1-1 and drew one since we last recorded, they beat Rosario Central away from home 1-0, and then they were held to a 1-1 draw at home to Godoy Cruz. I think um, Grews- with Leonardo Cigalli, and a light, pretty yeah. late equaliser from a header. Um, six minutes to go when he did that on Tuesday, which already seems an age away from me. Um, we should point out, by the way, as well, that this midweek round, that Newell's Velez match and Tigray River, which we'll get on to in a short while, um, both ended after midnight. In the middle of the week, it's not a public holiday. Sort the kickoff times out, Alpha, please, it's ridiculous. People have got to go to work the next day. No? People have got to work right after the match as well. But of
2: course, I realize that that's just me. Um. <laughs> even even with the ban, that they, of course the the, the awake uh, supporters can't go to the, to the to the to the see them to watch the matches. But anyway, the one the who lives in Victoria uh, that where where Tigray Stadium is situated, it's go, uh, arriving home at uh, uh, after midnight anyway. So. Yeah. It, Yes, it's
4: ridiculous. So, it's also poorly thought because of, uh, of, of of the times, the the, the kickoff times, in, in the way that they are being play, played at night and even in the in the weekends. Yeah. Um, the, the, the the time schedules uh, were set because of the of, of the summer temperatures. And all, but we're starting to get like milder uh, temperatures here in Buenos Aires, so it's kind of kind of kind of like time to switch. Yeah, and okay. I
0: think officially they do that at the end of um, March. I think when we get into April, they're allowed to play before 5pm oh, yeah. again. But it, it does seem stupid that they need to play that late, particularly because for the Belles, uh, for the orleans Bellis match and for the Tigre River game, there was a gap of at least an hour or an hour and five minutes after the previous match had finished. So it's not as if they needed to get the previous match over with for the TV coverage before they could play the next one. It, you know, they, They've left an hour in the middle for news programmes and that. And, and
2: it was funny how... Uh, Kilmes match uh, ended and they, uh, the journalist at the, at the, in the pitch uh, for uh, Kilmes was interviewing Carlos Lombardi and he had to stop it because the San Lorenzo Rosario Central match was going to yeah. to start. So it was very... <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry, on, one win one draw. They're top of the league, they're
0: playing with kids. Uh, only they only the yeah. <laughs> On the <laughs> opening day. Um, the and boss, that was a battery as well It was an
1: absolute destruction <laughs> It was a 3-0 win, of course, on the, the uh,
0: Colonna got 13 points Are they going to keep this up? Are they going to avoid relegation in spite of the dreadful Donao Inicial And having six points deducted? I'm going to say no, and yes They won't be able to keep it quite up And they're not going to um, win the league But, yeah, they're going um, to... Get away
1: from relegation In
0: the relegation table They're currently on 125 points Which is Two above All boys And uh, Four above Goddard Cruz As we mentioned earlier They've also got uh, Quilmes and Olimpo Who both have Fewer matches played In between them And the drop zone Well Olimpo Are in between them And the drop zone Because Olimpo Are in the drop zone But you know what I mean Um, We shall be talking more About the intricacies Of the Argentine Relegation system In a short while Because a very peculiar man uh, has sent me something that we can all have a look at and, and laugh at. Um, <laughs> That's very <laughs> injury. Was it Joe? You'll have to keep listening to find out. And this lot who are here with me are all wondering what I'm going on about as well because they clearly weren't paying attention to my Twitter feed at two o'clock in the morning last night. No, sorry. Um, other matches? Other matches? Are we going to? Uh, we, we've got at some point to mention all boys against Argentinos or Juniors, which really? might have been the worst match of football. <laughs> Ever played. It was the first of the ridiculous midweek late kickoffs. It was played on Tuesday night, um, kicked off at 10 past 10, and nothing happened. Just nothing at all. Until about the seventy in the 79th minute or the 89th minute I can't remember which, all boys had a corner. And then Real Fernandes And the Argentinos goal Made a good save And Argentinos then Attacked Forced Estefan Cambiaso That would be interesting um, Forced Nicolas Cambiaso Into a save And that, that was it That was like Five seconds During which something happened And apart from that Just an awful Awful match It's strange Because uh, Argentinos Have got Borgian
1: who's, you know got a reputation As quite an attacking Coach yeah. Creative But they've already Been in the two contenders Probably for the worst Game of the tournament Which was Argentinos Against Tigre And now against The worst Indeed so um, you, I don't know who, He's just Holding on for their life And trying to save him From relegation I don't know And, and
0: as I said uh, Piscolici is absolutely Key for them When he doesn't play They, they just can't score at all um, The other 0-0 draw In the midweek round Was between River Plate and Tigre It was also Not a great match I, I don't want to uh, Make out that it was uh, Fantastic by any means It was nowhere near As bad as All Boys vs. Um But it, it also Was like a classic and it was um, it, it brought some ire from River Plate fans after the game because uh, with the match at nil-nil, Ramon Diaz withdrew. Cristiano Neresma, midfielder, and put on Matias Kranjic, a midfielder, um, rather than going for to a slightly more attacking lineup. Uh, Juan Carlos Mendoza, who played awfully, did later on uh, get taken off for Giovanni Simeone. Um, there are quite a few people who are a bit angry at Diaz for not going more for the win Um, it's all very well talking about I'm going to draw away to a team who basically aren't conceding any goals at all is is a good result but there's a lot more talk um, now about how uh, this uh, small team mentality that continues Mm -hmm. to to affect River at the moment um, particularly after they've got the 1-0 win against San Lorenzo a pretty impressive performance Mm -hmm. once again failing to score more than one it's now 18 matches I think it is in the league since River last scored more than once in a game. Um Andres you're a River fan when I'm not being it how, yeah. how did you see these last two matches from Remy?
2: well uh, yes the 1-0 um, uh, against San Lorenzo left uh, some like a, a nice uh, flavour in the mouth because it was after several matches a, a good performance by, by a team that was uh, the uh, supporters were just—I uh, uh, mm, I wouldn't say complaining, but uh, worried about the, the lack of goals. And, and then lost and, and two in they, they lost two one at
0: home to Cruz and then three one away to Colón. Yes, sir. That, so that's uh,
2: Soviet, of course. after Colón match, uh, after the defeat against Colón, Ramondias uh, uh, at public at, uh, on, on public he. Uh, like blame the players uh, straight away, like saying that they, the attitude wasn't right, and and, and to win, uh, you you can lose, but not that w- the way they lost against Cologne and some certain things that uh, could have uh, a good result in the players or a bad 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 one, and it had good result because against Lorenzo the team was constantly uh, totally different, uh, 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 even Ledesma and Rojas. Players that weren't uh, uh, called to be uh, to have a good a good level, they 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 uh, were bright and uh, uh, and uh, against Lorenzo, the team was constantly uh, completely different. Uh, Taking into account that Lorenzo is is playing the Copa Libertadores and they were tired and that stuff, (laughs) and and, uh, Christian Erezma was like. Passing the ball and, and, and doing what they what, what he wanted, with no uh, 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 they, they didn't have he didn't have any uh, opposition and against Tigre there was a problem, which is Tigre uh, put a, a, a crowded midfield and of course defense and River had seventy percent of the posi- uh, position possession of the ball and con the uh, uh, have uh, very very much options. Uh, uh, the only one we can we can say is the, the Manuel this the, in the second half, which uh, which was a practically a, a penalty a, a, a moving penalty, and he couldn't score. But uh, apart from that play, it was very difficult to to make uh, clear options because Tigre was dedicated
4: to to. Uh, putting eggs and, and running and, and... What? and Maidana did a very good job against uh, Perez Garcia, who, was yeah, who seemed like it. to be very awake that night. We were, we were discussing with
0: uh, with a, a Twitter follower I have called... Oh, God. Kanya West. As in Diego <laughs> Kanya West. He's <laughs> <rip> <laughs> um, no, a rip of That's yeah. a um, he, he was uh, he, he was saying Does anybody have any statistics About how often Jonathan Maidano Cuts his head open Because he, he did so at one point In the first <laughs> half against Tigre He definitely did at least one of the B matches um, During that season And he's done it on a couple of other occasions So we're trying to compile statistics About River's results When Maidano starts bleeding from his head Whether it's a good or a bad thing for the club um, I think the, the, the statistics are likely to be positive From yeah. River's point of view um, So it's not been Bad week for River exactly, but it's not been a great one either. Um, they got the win in the Clásico, um, which probably gives Ramón Diaz a little bit more breathing space. San Lorenzo picked themselves up from that defeat to beat Rosario Central um, yesterday evening, Thursday, uh, seven fifteen or something. The game kicked off, um, and that's a worthwhile match to talk about because although Mariano's was not here, he was at that one, um, and he, it was dramatic. And it was a very good performance from Nicolás Blandi, who we've said before um, on Hand of Pod is slightly perhaps underrated at Boca Juniors. Um, felt me that that San Lorenzo had done a very good job of getting him in, uh, along with Mauro Matos, and Mauro Matos was fairly disappointing um, for most of the evening. Um, Blandi was sent on from the bench uh, to replace Ignacio Piatti with 20 minutes to go, and he scored twice in the last six or seven Mm -hmm. minutes. Um, to allow San Lorenzo To come from behind And beat a nine-man Rosario Central 2-1 It was actually Against a ten-man Rosario Central When he scored um, Because Rafael Delgado Had already been sent off And Hernan Encina After, after the second goal um, Got a bit head up And angry with himself And decided to go With a studs-up challenge And do a straight red card um, So not a great week For Central Who lost to Colón In yeah. uh, the Last weekend and then to San Lorenzo, um, it does get very confusing reviewing these double headers. But is there anyone we've not yet mentioned? No, I think we're just about uh, uh, there. The not much
1: to say. Drew both
0: games. No. Yes.
1: Yeah, they don't carry on being very tight and not that exciting to watch Um, did
3: Rafaela get any kind of I I don't know
1: if they were involved
0: in any uh, kind of interesting matches Rafaela are the official hand of pod team of course as we discussed last week they uh, drew 1-1 away to Gymnasia La Plata and prior to that last weekend um, they lost at home to Belbrano 2-1 so it looks like their title challenge is is already not really existent Um, I did see an interesting statistic before we move on from the last two rounds tweeted last night saying that um, In the three-points-for-a-win era, which in Argentina began at the start of the 1995, Donnell Clausura, Clasura? I've just realised how weird that is. They changed it halfway through the season. It's bizarre. Um, But anyway, since then, um, only three short championships have been won by a team who had fewer than ten points after six matches. So which teams have got 10 points after six matches? Let's have a look. Vélez, Sasfield, Belgrano and Godoy Cruz are all on 10 points. Estudiantes have 11. San Lorenzo have 12. Colón have 13. Mm. If you're going to bet on the winner of the torneo Finale, bet on one of those sides because statistics suggest that Newell's old boys with nine points are already out of the race. Nah. Um, mm, yeah, I
3: just think this could be one of the occasions and that goes against the statistics mm. just because I think this is going to be one of the championships that are very low... Championship again, like tally <laughs> again, and so being outside of that little group now perhaps doesn't have quite such significance. As I would agree, Jensen, I mean,
0: especially with so many matches coming in such a yeah, short of space. exactly.
3: Well. I don't, there's no way you can possibly write someone like Newells off on the basis of them not being
0: in that small group. Just one point behind Newells are Gimnasia, Atletico de Rafaela, Argentinos Juniors, after we've just <laughs> talked about how rubbish they are, and uh, River Plate. All on eight points. There we go. So clearly the cut-off point is eight and a half points. If you've got less than eight and a half points, you're not going to win the title. And if you've got more than that, then, then you might do. Um, because I think we can all agree that the idea of any of those four teams winning it would be ridiculous. Um, we're now going to, I'm going to put some music on um, for the benefit of our listeners whilst we refill glasses. And we'll come back in a second and talk some more crap at you. wait for the bit you're actually interested in we're going to take advantage of, of Gustavo making his handpod debut and ask what's been going on below the Primera <laughs> because we all know that none of us pay any attention what Peter does I keep an eye on the Metropolitan. And I occasionally look at the results in fact but for the sake, for the sake of humour we'll just pretend that we know nothing at all and say Gustavo tell us about the lower divisions
4: Well, I'm going to speak a bit on Primera B Metropolitana because it's mainly my strength and maybe make a few comments on Nacional B. Just to be completely clear for
0: the benefit of new listeners, the Primera B Metropolitana, uh, or the Primera B, to give it just its official name, um, is rather confusingly the third division, because there are two divisions called Primera B something in Argentina.
4: Yes, it's uh, Primera Be Nacional, which is the second division, which is the conjunction between the teams in Capital Federal and those uh, in the provinces in the, in the country. Primera B Metropolitana is the third division that is made entirely of teams that belong to the orbit of the Ciudad of, uh, of Buenos Aires, the Gran Buenos Aires, which is the, the suburbs, and uh, um, a couple of teams that actually belong to Rosario, but because of the but because of the distance and the affiliation to the association playing Primera B Metropolitana.
0: La Plata, uh, so La Plata as well, right? La Plata as well. Um, Jeez,
4: yeah. all, actually all of Buenos Aires and uh, a, bit of, uh, yeah. a bit of Santa Fe. But a couple of teams, it's not that, like it's the common form. Yeah. Usually Primera B Nacional, when you go into relegation, you either go to Argentino A, which is the, mm. the tournament that gathers uh, teams from the, from the provinces, within the rest, regions. The rest of the country, basically. Exactly. Yeah. The rest of the country, which plays uh, according to regions based on, on location, and provinces and, and such. And then you have Primera B Metropolitana.
0: The, the teams in the B Metropolitana have actually seen that area, La Plata, Buenos Aires, Rosario, uh, once read it described as an urban corridor, which is quite amusing when you look at the vast amount of countryside there is between Capital and Rosario uh, anyway. Yes,
4: it's uh it's probably like that. Um, it's a uh, it's a it's a strange tournament and it's a strange competition the way it's it's been happening because many of the teams that are playing nowadays uh, used to belong in Primera División in the in the previous decades such as Platense, eh, Morón, eh, Nueva Chicago, Atlanta as well, had its uh, last uh, Primera División season in 1984. And at,
0: this, at this point, by the way, we should mention that Gustavo is an Atlanta fan. Um, yeah. and that
4: several of the clubs that he's just mentioned are doing rather well. I have an act for, uh, for basing everything on, on my team, but I promise I, I, will, I will try are, to, to stop...
0: on top of the league, in fairness, so I think we can let you off. <laughs> I so that as he omitted th- Chacarita from that list. He's, he's, kind, of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah>.
2: he's <laughs> kind of, as we say in Spanish, enfermo. Um, of, of that team, it's like uh, an ill uh,
4: supporter. Well, it's uh, it's basically like that, mainly because, um that's right, I, I missed to mention Chacarita, <laughs> I'm fairly biased towards them. Um, no, the thing is that um, many of those teams have been in Primera División and are doing good uh, Good champion are going a, a good championship by now, but uh, many of them have gone through like really bad campaigns and um, institutional decay, so to end up in, in Primera Metropolitana.
0: Few more so than Chicago, in fact. Who um, long-term listeners will remember that Joel Richards wrote a piece for When Saturday Comes on them a couple of years ago about how the two Barabras are basically tearing the club apart. Mm
4: it's like that. It's like that with many with many teams. Um, I, I usually consider that Primera B Metropolitana is like the micro universe of uh, Primera División football because mm-hmm. you see everything happen the same way, but in a much more, mm-hmm. uh, much smaller uh, dimension. Mm-hmm. Okay, for example you mentioned Nova Chicago and, and its hooligans, same thing happens with Deportivo Marlo, which is a team that was yeah. also along with Atlanta on the National, um, on the national B championship on uh, 2011 that is basically a club that's haunted because it's, uh, it's, it's being terrorized by three hooligan fractions that are brothers three <laughs> brothers basically terrorizing, <laughs> fighting amongst them and um, for example if you if you are um, avid readers of the Pakin Deportivo such as me you'll see that once uh, a while ago there was an interview of the mother of the three hooligans who was basically asking uh, everyone in politics and in, and in Aprevide in Policía and AFA and everyone to please uh, take care of their boys because they were going to kill each other <laughs> it's it's that's, that's responsible
0: parents yeah. <laughs> Incredible In terms but, of what's going on on the pitch okay. um London and the Chicago uh, As I said at the top of the league On goal difference at the moment Which there's doesn't impressive. of course actually count beside the title um, Both have 45 points Platense And forty sides that Gustavo mentioned are on 42 And there's a bit of a drop to Phoenix Of 37 Defensores de Belgrano of 36 uh, Deportivo Moron and Deportivo Merlo and Temperley, uh, three sides from the south West, Temperley are from the West, there, aren't they? Um, no, Temperley the, South. To, yeah, of course south. Uh, yeah. sorry, a Very, very far south, confused with Midland. Um, so, two sides from the West, uh, very close together, Moron and Merlo, uh, uh, that's, that's where I first got to know side is In fact, I've got a Deportivo Moron shirt back in England. <laughs> um, all on 35 points, those three teams. Um, so really the title race, I'm assuming, having not watched any of the Premier Rugby at all um, all season, is Atlanta, Chicago, Platense.
4: If you if you ask, if it's going to be like that. If you have to say anything about Nueva Chicago, is that it's uh, it's a different team from the one that played in Nacional B the last season. Um, it has a, 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 a manager that basically came from the lower... Uh, from the lower, from the youth teams of, the, of Nova Chicago mm-hmm. and uh, has a team that is a mixture between really talented youngsters and some seasoned players like Gomito Gomos who, uh, who used to play for Nova Chicago back in 2002 mm-hmm. Did Toliverio go in back then? Huh? Uh, the Racing goalkeeper The goalkeeper? Yeah Ah, uh, no, the, no, the goalkeeper is Nicolas Tower who used oh, to okay. play for uh, for Chacarita He's also yeah. one of like, like, yeah. like the reference Chacarita students. Ah uh, yes, yes, you're right. Uh he's actually more known for having played for Chacarita but uh, anyway. Nueva no, Chicago has managed to basically to do a very good season with no with no uh, like spotlights on them. They have played some bad some bad games but they managed to win the really important ones like against, Patense, against uh, and against Atlanta.
0: They just beat Moron according to this at, uh
4: ago. that's like it's today. I have to make a note because this this is like really worth it to really worth mentioning that's Morona and Los Andes are a case apart. They are like the they are basically the situation that we are witnessing with Rio and Boca in Primera Division that's basically big teams with big budgets doing very, very badly on the pitch. Los Andes of course have got a lot of problems institutionally
1: with Barra and, and other things. But
4: Los Andes, for yeah. example, managed to basically build a super team of players that uh, they hired from the from the other teams uh, of the category. They basically took um, like four starting players from Atlanta, they took two from Almagro and so on and so on. They basically have the, the biggest budget in, in the category. Morón as well, but Morón's Moron situ- situation has been the same for the last two or three years, they have invested in good teams, but haven't done well, and now they are near the relegation. Uh, like um, they, they are basically the the, the, the example that uh, that building a team around big figures in this ca- in this category just doesn't cut it.
0: We're on the fourth bottom of the relegation table in Jumera and Bay they still have the playoffs, don't they? For relegation, is that right? Hmm.
4: Yeah. No, they, uh, they're, there's no uh, they're, uh, for. Yes, there are. They are, but um, sorry, there, there's no, there's no more promotion for 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 neither of, of these categories. Ah, uh, sorry, right. Yeah, I've been reading. Uh, I, reading the pictures I, I basically got mixed up, um, and you have a, a string of teams that actually have no budget, but have been building towards like really talented. Uh, Really talented players with no pressure, such as Phoenix, such as Deportivo Marlo. Basically, teams with nothing to lose that have done really good, really mm-hmm. good games against big teams. I've just noticed
0: Phoenix's goals for and against. Colin, if you want to go to the third division match in Argentina and you want to see goals, go to a Phoenix game. It has <laughs> because in 24 matches they have scored 33 and conceded 26, which is a total of 59, which divided by 24 gives them. Two, almost two and a half goals ago. Um on average, which is a
4: bad. Mm. <laughs> you know who uh, the last name of the goal uh, of the goal scorer of uh, Phoenix? No, Rigelme <laughs> The lower league Rigelme that's,
2: that's another <laughs> that, reason. That's good. a good, uh, good uh, aim to. To share other other stories, right?
4: That You'll be able to tell people. Well, at least Recalme actually has some some physical state to play still. But uh, and then you have uh, Atlanta and, and Platense. more worth mentioning. Atlanta, I'm not going to delve so much into it, but I'm going to say that it started the the, the, the season under the, actually it ended the last the um, the last round under the management of Sebastián Mendez ex-San uh, Lorenzo mm-hmm. and Banfield player and manager. Um, actually, we hadn't expect, expected that much but um, from Sebastián, but he managed to build a team basically with no budget, with a, with a yeah, very more. lesser uh, budget than the, than the other teams of the category, basically rounded up players that he bought on free transfer, mm-hmm. such as uh, the, the, goal, the goalkeeper, the, the brother from Chucky Ferreira, Federico Sardella, which is a, a, a which is a, a player that I would, that I would say you would have to keep an eye on, because I'm sure that in a season or two he's going to play be playing Primera. Sardella, did
0: you say? As in Sardella. Sardella.
4: Sardella. Sardella. <laughs> Sardella used to play uh, uh, under Falcioni in in Bamford, Yeah, yeah but, I remember him. Yeah. Mm, but Very many, many of the players that were, were basically um, signed by Mendes, back then. Or players that have, were having bad times at their own teams, with bad seasons such as uh, Sardella, Marashi, and so on, that managed to play really well under Atlanta. Now, due to the financial difficulties and such, uh, Mendes resigned, leaving the, the coach uh, Sebastián Casano, which was the reserve team manager, and went on to manage for Platense. And there is a player
2: uh, that played for Colón and River, which is well known from Atlanta, I think it's
4: Ferrero, Alexis Ferrero, yes. now playing in Huracán. Yes. Well, you, you can have parallelismos. I was, tol- I was telling the lads that Chiqui Pérez used to be a sub. Uh, used to be a sub on our team uh, a while ago. Um, and Platense, Platense, has quite a few, quite, quite a bit, uh, quite a few good players in their team that have been have been doing have been playing very good games such as uh, Tallinn, Merivillo and all, of course uh, Daniel Vega the, the ever known goal scorer slash accountant of the Primera B yes the, the, the nickname was the accountant the accountant yeah. he's, uh, he's like a really good player and, uh, uh, where, where did he play National B uh, Aminante Brown Aminante Brown yes that's right as for the other teams there's not, not that much that, that much to say. There's Defensores de but Defensores de Belgrano is, is more near in uh, Primera. C. Mm. has had a, like really really bad season and and it's not showing the, uh, signs of getting up. Um, who is, who what else? Who is there to mention? Um, if you say if you ask me who's going to define, it's basically between Platense in Chicago and Atlanta. Um, there's Almagro also, but Almagro, despite the fact that they get the the same manager that played the 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 playoffs for the for the last ascenso, mm. Carlos Mayor, hasn't hasn't managed to to play that well uh, this season also because they lost they lost quite a few players, a bit a, a couple of them to to Los Andes and such, so it's basically. For many teams, and particularly for Atlanta, after losing the last playoff, we, we basically thought that we were in front of a season where we would have to be mid-table, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in the in the first five, but not uh, fighting fighting the promotion the promotion or uh, playoffs. Basically, we, because there wasn't great faith on the teams and the, and the building of the teams. Um, Atlanta has proven a bit of that wrong, but uh, Almagro hasn't been able to prove to prove that as well. Mm. They haven't recovered from losing to uh, to Brando de Adrogué in the last in the last playoffs for the ascenso to Nacional. Bay.
0: And now we're going to go across the table and up the table as well, um, and ask Peter. As well what he makes of the recent, uh, well, in particular of the recent uh, Clásico de los Independientes <laughs> um, in, in Mendoza, which, as with many of the Clásicos we mentioned on the pod, is not actually a Clásico, um, between Independiente Rivadavia and Independiente de Independiente, um, <laughs> de yeah, um, in which, for fans of other big five clubs in Argentina, the result was rather amusing. Um, Independiente
3: was To one. Tell us about it Peter Well I mean, To be honest I didn't actually see the game uh. Because uh, I think it clashed Whatever <laughs> 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 <All> <laughs> reason um, But yeah It hasn't been going too well Since Well actually since we came back From the from the break mm. um, Obviously the, I think the last time I was on Two weeks ago Independiente had picked up a win Since the break But Following that It's two straight defeats And You yeah, know
0: yeah, really, now they drew nil nil with Alnasiri, then they lost three one at home. Two so draws uh, and two defeats, and it's a double man yeah. mm. with a fantastic goal in that one. beautiful. Yeah, so I thought, I can't the, what I yeah two yeah. great goals, incredible yeah. goal. Um, and then this recent two one defeat away to Independiente Rivadavia. Um, Apparently,
1: there was nice goals in that as so well. Judging by the reaction of the Mendoza, um, newspaper, Diario Ario Uno, oh, yeah. which I happened to read while I was up there having my lunch on Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm.
4: It was a very good, yeah, very good goal. Second, maybe because the, the newspaper also belongs to the owner of Independent. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, you know, but I'm willing to take very his opinion that no, it was an absolute
1: walkover. You know, the most, most glorious triumph ever
0: seen in the history of football. We mentioned this uh, this owner before, of course, because if very long term listeners might remember that in like 2011 we discussed. Fact that you, Julio Bondona yeah. had been um, caught in a sting which was going to bring down his actual presidency of course <laughs> nothing happened nobody cared um, in which he was covertly filmed admitting that he's in it up to his balls and pretty much everything was wrong with Argentine football um, the, the president of Independiente Rivadavia de Mendoza is the um, head of the media group that, that did that uh, I can remember his surname but I can't remember his first name it Daniel Vila thank you um, Head of the America Corporation. In terms of the effectual independiente, proper independiente at the moment, uh, Peter, um, is Omar de Felipe coming under pressure? I think
3: this weekend. I don't know what the fixtures are, but away to Olacon, no home to Okay, I mean, three defeats on the on the bounce, I think would spell. A, lot, a bit of pressure. I mean, if you can't
1: beat Orakany, you might as well. And <laughs> particularly because <laughs> it's, it's there was the there, of context, there like was, the was a little bit. Teams. They,
0: lost, <laughs> they had almost uh, so half the guys. They had. I don't command,
3: breathing breathing yeah. in their back. Well, brain. not just. I let's go to there's a, there's a few teams now. Very close, yeah, and yeah, I think was before yeah. there was a bit of a there was a bit of breathing space, and you yeah. thought, okay, you know, lose the the game of. To command defeat Okay It bounced back And it's all forgotten But then to lose again Another loss Potentially then Getting overtaken And to drop out Of the promotion spots Would be uh, yeah. yeah I mean it Very looks sick. like From here that You know uh, A yeah. defensive Called are
1: Six points ahead And then There's ten points, points from yeah. it's it's ten, ten points uh, From
3: Banfield So it's going to be Holding on for dear life From that I mean spot, that right? That could Three. be a lot greater Because I mean Banfield have not shown the form no, they, they showed points, prior yeah. to, the, to the break so yeah, I mean if they'd carried on this, this could be something like 16 points
0: or three three automatic promotion spots obviously and no playoff uh, places so the top three at the moment Banfield on 53 Defensive East this 49 Independiente on 43 and uh, Atletico Ducumano 41 Crucero del Norte who as we've mentioned many times would be possibly the most hilarious team in Primero history if they came up um, well all boys probably pushed the plus two. Um, have 39 as do Independiente de Mendoza so those two sides are both within four of Independiente and then San even have 38 um, so yeah, it's be becoming important. very congested now yes, it's becoming competitive in sort of as we were saying before we started recording the, the b Nacional in the season that River were in it in 2011-12 um was competitive in terms of the the title race was competitive. Yeah, Rip was Central. Gymnasial Gim- Gim- Platinum was a there was another side Institute of uh, it. Right? Uh, yeah. Zag- oh, no, yeah. Um
4: so yeah I thought it was really a fight to get a title. Di Wale is in Palermo in, in, yeah, in, not in high, really. Yeah. Not that much. The one the one you're going to see now from Instituto Opley, I think he's in Union and doing a very good job is Videla. Which no in he's in Rosario Central. Rosario Central? Yes. No. Or or Union. No. Uh, now I am not uh, well. I'm not that sure. He was really good. Also Lopez Macri and that's, that's all fun. But Dario Franco had a very good team. Yeah. Co- but, sorry, Colón. He's in Colón. Um, Videla is in Colonel. So, yes.
0: Um anyway, sorry what I was, uh, yes. was saying was that the the, the the closeness of the title race um, in the season that River were in it is now turning into a similarly close race. Third place, mm. unfortunately, with the De enter unfortunately for them, still involved. The idea that one of the big five obviously go down to the B is something that we're perhaps getting a, a little more used to in recent seasons, but um, it's still always a, a shock of seismic proportions when it happens. It's still only happened four times in Argentine football history. Um, and obviously, that means there's one of the big five who we're not going to name, not going to give them the dignity, um, who, who still it hasn't happened to But the idea that one of them can go down and not come straight back yeah. up it, it 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 it. remains. Really? Yeah. I thought Russell and San Lorenzo were playing back up first time. No, <laughs>
1: Racing wow. Oh, that's something <laughs> Have you um, not heard the story about the promotion? It's absolutely hilarious. I must have heard it, forgotten. forgotten. Um, was it in 83 they went down? Mm. And then, yeah, first season in the, in the B, they couldn't go up. Second season they managed it, but because of the like, differences in timing between the, start, the finish of the B and the start of the app, they had to take like six months without playing. So to, oh, I have So the stop in this. Yeah, so to get a bit of practice, So for any listeners that are listening, to get a bit of practice, to stay sharp and to make a bit of money as well, they entered the team into a regional Mendocino league in Mendoza <laughs> and failed to win. move the club to Mendoza. Yeah, <laughs> and, to and failed to win regional Mendoza football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could have had another step. We will uh, we'll end our foray into the lower leagues there. Um, thank you very much Gustavo, for that and um, now let's get our... Teeth stuck into uh, Romania versus Argentina, a match which I missed. Mm-hmm. It's a nil-nil draw. Um, it, um, what did you have? to well, talk not going talk about it at great length, but um, um, what did you think, guys? particularly the Argentine Of course. Well, there was a good defen-
2: defensive form, not attacking form, but uh, for uh, Sabela, it's a good sign that uh, Romero mm-hmm. did a good a good job. That's the only positive uh, thing about ma- that match,
0: I it's think. It's a very positive thing, given that Romero is precisely the player yeah. um, who isn't playing for his club. is coming yeah. under a lot of um, scrutiny because of the fact that, for instance, uh, Willy Cavaschero is in such fine form for Malaga among others, and Savela is sticking with him. So really, it's the kind of performance from what I've read and from the highlights that I've mm-hmm. seen. Um, that Savella must have been hoping to get from his goalkeeper. I suppose it's the plus side of the attack playing poorly. that Romero's shown that he's, he's not. He going might, to he might have have felt
2: some relief about his uh, his uh, his job because uh, uh, if there is something that the supporters and, and and media are are questioning him is about the goalkeeper, which mm. is yeah. uh, well, uh, if you do a good a good, uh, perf- have a good performance at, uh, in, in attack. Perhaps you have to, have to suffer that much in, in defense. But in this, in this particular case, there was a, a, a there was weak attack and a strong defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the most negative thing I think was the 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 health of uh, Lionel Messi, who has he who has thrown up uh, in the middle of the of the match and and he has said that uh, he is constantly feeling that. That bad and, and and he had made some some studies and and, well, and uh, he doesn't know what ha- what's happening and and Martino said who is the of course the Barcelona coach mm-hmm. said that this is not normal so mm-hmm. we have to see what
1: happens with the with the jewel which is Lionel mm-hmm. Messi but yeah I think talking about Messi um, it was probably one of the worst games we've seen from him in international colours since Sowela took over like. He kind of had the same problems that really afflicted him through um, the time that Maradona was in the, in the national team, Batista as well, and he was kind of always uh, surrounded by three or maybe four defenders and just kind of always pushed push back. He ended up playing on the halfway line, I think. I made the point in the middle of the game that the Romanian defence were, um, were sucking the life at him, but, you know, I like national stereotypes, so... so <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> but, yeah, just, yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah I think for me it's all fine Um, Messi is always going to be a figure of attention he's always going to have men on top of him but (laughs) stop doing (laughs) that. but then you know there's so much other talent in the Argentina attack that they've got to work out where the spaces are coming when Messi has got so much attention and work on that and that's going to be down to Di Maria for me it's going to be his job if Messi's marked out of the game to use that space which is taken with three people on one and
0: take advantage and I know you but, can do it it's a fantastic player. Yeah. particularly because actually, um, I actually made the same point in an article that I wrote yesterday for ESPN FC about um, Argentina's hopes from this point in uh, for the World Cup Di Maria's going to be crucial if he's well, players yeah. on Messi because Messi's on the other side of the pitch first of all Messi tends to drift towards the right Di Maria starts on the left of midfield normally um, and Di is going to be running onto the ball from much deeper than Messi, Higuain and Aguero tend to pick mm-hmm. it up from he, he's starting in, in the midfield three supposedly of course really he turns it into more of a 4-2-3-1 um, but because of that deeper starting point he's, he's going to be crucial as well and because of the that he's got four or five lungs and just runs all day mm-hmm. There's another hilarious
1: part of the game as well which came via the commentary um, on TCSports which was uh, the commentator Walter Nelson, who every time that Argentina got anywhere near the goal, it was "Hey, eh, goal, Argentina, go oh, no. And I was kind of following a few of the like humor and Twitter accounts for the for the Cheeks game, it. and just like they were just absolutely destroying it. Yeah. It's like everything's a goal unless Walter Nelson says otherwise, <laughs> and these kind of things.
3: That was quite fun. Just great think- level of commenting. Ah, oh, this is a rush, oh. <laughs> Optimistically speaking, anyway, I think we don't. We didn't really need another example of Argentina good attacking. I mean, it was an off day. They didn't look off. very good going forward. But like the positives that we've talked about with like the goalkeeping situation defensively is something which has been under a lot more scrutiny. And the fact that that side of the Argentina performed quite well is probably more encouraging in some ways than perhaps if people had said oh Messi scored a great goal in Argentina won one well,
0: I'd say she it's won. more down to the goalkeeper I wasn't particularly impressed with the mm-hmm. defence it was an improvised backline because Nesequil uh, yeah. Garay was injured Just um, so Jose Basanta who normally if he plays not do that <laughs> who, who normally if he plays for Argentina um, plays left back and but he's a natural centre back yeah. he's a natural centre right. okay. back uh, but he, he was drafted in as it were and so not a, a, a first Who was playing at left back Was it Rocha? Yeah. Why yeah. didn't Lisandro Lopez Get Edward I don't know But there was another Interesting reaction
1: There was a few Interesting things In terms of the defence That night We had um, Gabriel Pelletta Making his international Debut for Italy yeah. apparently Being the We did yeah. Yeah, yeah he He was wasn't very, very good No he was never good In England <laughs> either, that No. Day. And the other one Was um, Federico fasio Yes I don't know if you saw this I did
0: Yeah uh, launched a tirade it was really yeah, a tirade against Savela. if he was hoping to get a call up for the World Cup I think he's well and truly shot his chances in the foot yeah I think he knew that he wasn't going to get a chance but so much
2: some players think that complaining publicly will get the call up and that's not the way I mean I Tavis can do it but everyone here are like
1: reading comments is like it was facile <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> it's,
4: it's no, but, <laughs> that's the, but this is usually right if you, if you look at it from the point of view of the last like Three World Cups in Argentina. Basically, the same the same discussions arose before mm-hmm. the the World yeah, Cup. Yeah. First of all, who's going to be the, the goalkeeper? Mm-hmm. Then, what's going on with the defense? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the striker? Never the midfield, and then who are going to be the last five players in the twenty two player team? Mm-hmm. Like for example, if he if he takes Garcés, if he takes Luis Miguel Rodríguez, if he takes Rojo, if he takes Basanta, the same the same deal. Mm-hmm.
0: Fasio, uh, for the benefit of Handa this who are probably also wondering who he is, although we have mentioned him a couple of times, um, was the Sevilla, Sevilla centre back. Um, and the, what he did was went on, I think it was Spanish, was it Radio Mallorca or something, a Spanish radio station? Mm, be. Um, and basically just said, uh, the level I've been playing at for the last couple of years, I don't understand why I haven't been given a call up. Um, and I think it's a little bit lacking in respect that I haven't been given the chance to play for Argentina, uh, which is in mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyways, um, uh, we, we can we can seriously say uh, in in this
2: case, to, to, uh, talking about the defense defense uh, attack because uh, he, he Sabela of, of course knows well Marcos Rojo from uh, Estudiantes and now he's playing in Russia. Yeah. Russia or, or he said Porto
3: Portugal. Sporting
2: Lisbon, no? Yes, I think. Well, yeah, uh, Sporting sounds right. Uh, yeah, and and he's, he he haven't called. Any single time, for example, Emiliano Papa or, in this case, Milton Casco, who is mm-hmm. doing a
0: very, very good mm-hmm. shopping uh, for Mules. But the Milton... I, I saw Twitter sort of seem to explode after Milton Casco's goal the other night, saying why isn't Milton Casco national team? He's just scored a goal. He's a fucking fool. That's not why he's <laughs> going to be in the national team if he gets a call-up. So just relax a little bit. I mean, you're right. I, I, personally, I, I think about giving him a chance. But uh, the the timing... And the reasons that people seem to be tweeting these things you sort of, Have you thought before Well, And, and Sabella, Sabella has just said clearly That if, if he hasn't called
2: any uh, s- uh, some players uh, yeah, Up to up yeah, now he won't uh, yeah. call
3: uh, call them yeah. from no
0: now on He said it's almost impossible That a yeah. player who hasn't been called up at any point Under his mandate um, Is going going to the World Cup With that in yeah. mind though
3: I was quite surprised that Like I mentioned earlier Lissandro Lopez didn't get some game time yeah, especially in light of having an injury at centre-back because if he's going to call him up for the first time to a squad mm. and then well, not to play him at all is like well does that mean
0: maybe he wants to say how he does as part of the group well the okay it, it it I mean it would be strange to
3: take him as the part of the actual World Cup squad and him never having played yeah. a
4: yeah the difference between Saúl and um and maybe Maradona and Batista. It's that sorry, that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry? I have to I have, Just I have, I have to to uh, to go for good luck. But then is that Savelli is not going to have anyone pick his team, mm. which is a good thing and a bad thing. A bad thing because there are no given numbers for the f- defense. Then you you cannot recite in memory the four players that you're going to put on the defense for the World Cup. So you can name Lisandro Lopez, you can name Burdice if you want, you can name Fasio, you can name a number of defenders that could be could easily be in that, in that same place, but he's not going to test it now, as Batista did before Copa America, fucking up. Colocchini also. Mm. Colocini I mean, as well. He's not going to do it, as well as, as, as Tevez. Tevez is the, is the prototypical, prototypical example of exactly what happened. He wasn't going to be picked with Batista, Batista had to call him, and eventually he ended up losing because of Tevez. It wasn't one penalty, to my opinion, but still he's being, like, tagged by that. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: On that note, we're going to play some more music, and we shall come back because we've been recording for some time now, and we will answer some questions. We've had a fair few to get through. Tim Venables sent me an email. Uh, he's, he's clearly got far too much spare time on his hands. Um, but, bizarrely, this does fit in with a question that we had several months ago on Hand of Pod. Um, it's a spreadsheet with the current Premier League teams arranged as they would be if England deployed the Argentine relegation system. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: amazing. <laughs>
0: And he's got all 20 of them here With points totals for each season And <laughs> number of games played And the maximum they can possibly get And the minimum that they can possibly get um, And what it results in is that Cardiff and Crystal Palace Are the bottom two um, Aston Villa are filling in the relegation zone And then just above them By Oh god where's the total points By um, uh, Two points I think that is it's quite difficult it's too many no four I'm points it's a it bit, is it about um, 140 oh, I've don't who knows it seems like Aston Villa are below despite I think you might have Aston Villa in the wrong spot actually now that yeah. I'm looking at it carefully um, total points yeah it should be above yeah, Sunderland right? yes right so Sunderland in fact should be in the relegation and, and Aston oh, as an Villa should be just above him by two points um, we can compare this with the actual English table the actual English relegation table, of course, does have Cardiff and Fulham at the bottom, and some of them just beside the relegation zone. The sides above them are significantly um, more changed. Villa, of course, are mid-table, they're 11th in the current mm. season, uh, so Villa would be battling relegation, even though in, in real life they're very much mid-table. Um, if you're interested in looking at the whole table, I'm going to upload it to my blog, uh, Um later tonight or tomorrow or sometime over the weekend or wherever i can be bothered um and if you're interested in this sort of ridiculous statistical silliness uh you can follow tim on twitter it's timuka t-i-m-u-k-a um thank you very much for this tim uh, for giving us something to laugh at and now on with the questions joshua bramlett has been a very eager boy he sent me this on tuesday um, he asks whether there are any rumours for another managerial job for Martin Palermo. Have we heard any?
1: No, no, not at all. It's going to be
0: when Bianchi leaves. I'm sure <laughs>
1: every the hottest rumour is going to be Palermo to walk All of them are waiting until then. He's just tripping. What, uh, I know he was doing a charity um, fibre side competition in Chile recently with Iván Zamorano. What, what it's a good <laughs> preparation. Uh, yeah. Good job. Something. Palermo, Palermo
4: is free and Guillermo has close on his contract to with to the with yeah, yeah, Bocca. The never, he wants.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really, and the new contract he signed that they said, this is Baro Securotto, mm-hmm. saying that he doesn't want the Bocca job. He's got that yeah. So it's going to be a knife yeah. fight to yeah. the yeah. death for the Bocca job. Wow. Giganes, I think. Mm. I think yeah. I've backed Baro Securotto yeah, and a knife yeah, fight to it. the death against Palermo. there's two of them, right? <laughs> well, yeah, there are two yeah. of them, and, but also he's a dirty bastard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, no. uh, Sebastián García says... I recognise
1: that name. Did he come on the poll once? I think he might have done Yeah.
0: Back in the deep... Oof. Is that how quickly That's you get forgotten point. on this part? Yeah. <laughs> it is when you're deliberately... <laughs> you're going to laugh me off the next time. <laughs> deliberately having a young child, <laughs> so you can avoid marrying the pod kids. recordings, yeah. is, is the, the act of a coward. Um, mm-hmm. But he says, Is Mostaza Melo the Argentine Harry Redknapp? <laughs> I could elaborate <laughs> but I'd like you guys to do it instead it's a great question um, I, I put it to that it should be Ricardo Caruso Lombardi really because he's the one who makes money by no, illicit means through his players but, but um, physically then they're, they're pretty close cool. they're not very far
1: off until Merlot's face it's it's dyed blonde hair, hair and, no it's uh, not
0: saggy and he has record, much
3: lighter <laughs> in hair indeed <laughs> the hair is <laughs> made the kudos oh, yes.
1: and there is one big difference as well Medlow's won a
3: title and
0: Renner hasn't.
3: Harry Renner's on the FA Cup. The FA Cup, yeah. League title. Oh, there we go, uh, yeah. Yes. Plus, I, mean, I don't know, maybe this is personal, but... No, Medlo's like, not... Merlo's quite likeable. He's, he's not Harry Renner. <laughs> <laughs> nearly as like, <laughs> odious
1: a person as <laughs> Harry Renner. He doesn't say anything outrageous, he doesn't complain, he just... He's pretty... He's pretty um, like it. He's a so bomb maybe, every once in a while.
3: Yeah. Although we don't have... Dave he kind it. of lets the myth Build around him with mm. you know. We so don't did have, have for, um, Sky Sports there. deadline day here to have Massimo um, Maldini winding down his car window and doing little impromptu interview. Nah, Maldin. Merlo-
1: Maldin's not that, that.
0: even stick to again. The that would be Carlos <Carousel laughs> Sembarde. So I think that the safe answer is no. That's Carlos. The and real comparison is
1: with, of course, Um so.
0: Craig Clark asks: Has a team ever won the Apertura of Final and then been relegated simultaneously? <laughs> Could it yeah. happen? To, I, I think it means the cloud slash and Um and they've been relegated simultaneously. Could it happen to Cologne? Unlikely. I, we had this one a couple of years ago as well. I think. Um, With Tigre, the answer seems right. to be that if you if you're going to get out enough, to Tigre, yeah. I think it was Tigre. Yeah. yeah if you're going to get problem. enough points to, to have a title yeah. challenge, that's generally going to pull you up out yeah. of the mire, or at least it always has before, regardless of how poorly you've done. Uh, mathematically, it's completely possible, but it's never happened that we can find. We've almost <laughs> had it with Lobatéori, say with
1: Colofan for the Lobatero and then going down the same, the same season so I think with Tacheres, right? Yeah Tacheres it they got in
0: the season the in they
2: went down Could be if the champion gets so uh, uh, that uh, a, 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 sh- a very short amount of points very uh, very in few minutes, points yeah. Yeah. in that case could be possible but I, I, mm-hmm. I particularly don't see Colón anyway uh, claiming championship, uh, 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 just be- after the, the San Lorenzo turning around the, the yeah. score last night, I, I don't see it very likely to, to Colón to claim it, the championship. But if, if the champion uh, gets very low uh, amount of points, in that case that could be...
0: The other point, of course, is that Colón, as it is, are outside the relegation zone yeah. at the present anyway, so I think the chances of them doing it this year would look extremely slim. Next question. Paul Odegaard asks, Sarate for Chile? It's already provoked a reply from Savela. Has the tactic worked? I'm not sure what the tactic would be in that right. case if all they want to do is get Sabella to say it's going to be tricky, but hopefully he wants to play for Argentina one day. Well, it's up to Zarate now, because he's not going to the World Cup. The talk, which we mentioned, of course, is is that Jorge Sampaoli, the Argentine manager of Chile, um, has said that he would like to call up Maro Sarate. Marro Sarate Mm -hmm. has a Chilean father, Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a possibility. Savela says, I'd like him to play for Argentina maybe one day, but I mean, you've got to think is clearly too good for the Argentine league, but Argentina have got some quite good attackers well I think still if Timbers can't get in, then is not going well I think it has, it, well, think it it has happened them.
4: before that, but not so close to the to World Cup mm. it happened with Vilos mm. that was supposedly being called for Croatia and he said like no uh, but I'm going to wait up if if, if there's a, the possibility that I'm being called up for Argentina and I'm going to take that one he was called for one game mm. but he got, his, he got his chance I don't know and with uh, Lucas Barrios as well, and
3: mm-hmm. all the yeah, I think, anyway, with the squad we were talking earlier, with the spaces that are available and how many are already decided, barring injuries, the front five say. The forwards have decided yeah. it's going to be so Messi, no Abuelo, Iguain, exactly. La
1: Messi, Palacio, and
2: yeah. Maxi. And Isabella, con- co- co- I think consi- he considers more Franco Di Santo before mm-hmm. than some others would be. Isabella, let's
0: say, yes. Mauro Sarate or, or, or Tevez in that sense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've already answered the next one, really. It's from Liam Kelly. He asks, six games in, how many teams can you see fighting out for the title? As we said earlier, I think you've got to say those no, six with ten points or more, plus possibly Newell's uh, on nine, so the top seven, basically. I bet it's difficult to see uh, Godoy Cruz, particularly given their away form, um, keeping up all season. Studiantes can't score goals, but they've still got eleven points somehow. Um, so obviously, but yeah, basically six or seven. Um, That's in This sort of question. So I don't that. Joel Richards again. Where who? I'm struggling, but I can't really remember where I know that name from. Um, okay. Says, who is the Riquelme, the Orion, the Ledesma, and the Rivero of Hand of Pot? The first thing I'll say, John, is that you've walked into this one because one Wanda Riquelme is not as good as he was and barely ever plays anymore. So someone who never turns <laughs> up to recordings asking that question is dangerous. Um, Orion, the Desmond River?
1: You can say. You can say.
0: Uh, I get the impression he's not be particularly yep.
3: bothered about the answers here because he doesn't listen. I feel as though only the experienced members of this council would be able to answer that question.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, we should be able to, be, we can't. Um,
1: Let's just say the people that aren't here are Lalesma Rivero and yeah, yes. someone... You can be your own because you're pretty dependable and you don't make too many... <laughs> <laughs> <stuff. laughs> <Thank you. laughs>
0: Uh, Matthias Silverstein says, do you think Lancini could play left midfield and Teo plays in ganché, or central attacking midfielder, Oof. with behind Cavanaughi and Simeone up front, with Carbonero on the right? Carbonero on the right sounds good to me, where he plays anyway.
1: I think all of them could, but it would leave River very, very precarious at the back. I'm really not sure That's about a... the idea of Teo as a playmaker. Really. I've seen him as a playmaker. He played at Racing as a number 10 and he did very well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. Until he pulled a gun out of someone. I'm also <laughs> not sure about
3: Lancini well at left midfield, particularly, mm. like as an actual
0: mm. midfielder. As a Cavalier Nerron, as they call him Yeah uh, Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. I think we uh, really a little bit. All
1: of those could work apart from Lancini
0: left one. Personally, I'd just, the way he's been playing recently, I'd just drop tail rather than try and reaccommodate him so that you can put someone else up front. Didn't he get, get you the classical goal?
1: Yeah, he could have also his first goal in <laughs> how many games? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he should have had a
4: hat
2: trick. Yeah. The chances he had in that game. I think that after the match against Lorenzo, in which he well scored the goal, Teo Gutierrez, I am mentioning Teo Gutierrez uh, scored the goal and he was he had uh, the opportunity to score three or four more goals and he failed. Uh, after that uh, situation, I think he has to play there and in the in the box. Uh, I don't see him as, as an enganche as a number 10. I think that if River is going to play with, uh, with uh, 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 an enganche, it has to be Lanzini. Mm-hmm. And that he runs to the left naturally. Uh, in, this, in this case, I think that Ramon Díaz didn't, didn't
4: tell him to go to the left. He was alone going to the left. He has said on interviews that he fancies himself more than a sister. And a goal scorer, but uh, you don't know how much of that is actually himself taking pre- taking pressure off than if he really is an assist. I think it's much easier to say I'm a goal
3: assister rather than a goal scorer when you're not scoring too many goals yeah. and say oh, I do have a lot of value to the team. For yeah. most
0: of his career, he's been like a one-in-two striker, mm-hmm. so it's it's quite tricky to, to really pull that off with a straight face. Um, Tom Robinson says with the penchant. For nil-nil draws, Ooh. are Tigre the hipster team of the Primera? <laughs> no, I knew it was the hipster team of the Primera. Surely,
1: hands uh, down. They got the stadium named after Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah, that's
0: it. Discussion over. Uh, no, yeah, absolutely. And they're called the Lepers. Tigre. Tigre is quite simply a team that can't score and nothing Just a really dull team to have in
3: If they are the hipster team, then gee, because it's horrible.
0: Uh, Tom also asks: Is Ariel Garcet a serious contender for Diego Bichard's crown as best beard in the league? We'll discuss. I, remember, I don't think there's any competition. Michares no, is good. No. is good, but it's not. No. It's not on, on Bichard's level. Uh, I, guess uh, I should it's... mention, by the way, Tom. Uh, Tom's Twitter handle is TomRobbo89, and following my um, rather half-hearted starting of a hand pot publicity drive last week. Uh, he was sending in a couple of memes that he'd made up which are superb so go and check out his, his Twitter uh, and Tom if you want to send any more we should continue to retweet them although thank I think one was like Independiente in tears what was about Independiente yeah. and <laughs> relegating under pot never going down I love like yeah. this guy <laughs> um, Luis Besone says hope you've all been well thank you very much Luis we have and ReFootballParaTodos is any airtime paid for by entities other than the Argentine government and if not why not? You got, yeah, there's a few adverts
1: right around there. Iveco, the, the truck company. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the truck is the yes. for the championship, but apart from that, it's, it's all still it's only the, one thing uh, tra- the truck, truck manufacturer. Man- 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 f- but apparently, a lot some of the adverts have been really effective. You know, the one with the um, Cedrona, yeah, the anti drugs agency. Apparently, they, they experienced an increase of 1100% in yeah, course yeah. No, it it, after sense. they started. The, uh, does and does. The, the ads
0: are uh, at times infuriating and, and at times rather too overtly political and I'm sure I'm not the only person who just sticks the TV on mute as soon as half time arrives but it has oh, to be yeah. said that some of them as, uh, such as the one that, that Dan has, has mm-hmm. just mentioned uh, are undoubtedly um, well intentioned and, and, and for, for good causes yeah. they are all um, various agencies of the Argentine of government though. Uh, so the answer to, the, to Luis's question is no and the, the why not um, a question. is a little bit more common. partly it's because no. Football Paratholos is about politicising um, no. the broadcast of football partly it's because the, uh, from what I heard when it happened anyway private enterprises were reluctant to get involved with something that had um, yes. essentially just been expropriated from <laughs> TSA Sports when it first got started uh, Gustavo's got his hand yeah.
4: there That's was a move towards that direction not long ago when uh, yeah. Marcelo yeah. Tinelli was yeah. about to take uh, charge of football PARA TODOS, but uh, when the initiative backfired, it basically was back to ground zero. We're going to keep things this way uh, at least, or the, the worries at least, until the World Cup finishes. Mm. Then they will see what they do with football PARA TODOS overall.
0: If you'd like to read about the political fallout of this um, decision that, that uh, Gustavo's just mentioned, in the, in the UK, actually no, if you're anywhere, because you can get a digital subscription, Um, I've got an article about it in the upcoming, not the current, um, issue of When Saturday Comes. Um, So, enjoy. No, that appears to be all of them. If we have missed a question, I apologise, but it's just gone to a loop in in our Twitter mentions column. So I can't see your question if you've sent another one. Um, Here's Mystic Sam's theme music, and afterwards you will hear Mystic Sam's predictions for this weekend. Predictions for this weekend, which begins on loads of these pictures at the same time. So we've got two 5 o'clock games tomorrow and then a 6.15 game. Two five o'clock games on Sunday and then a 6.15 game. So I get to all the trouble of making sure that matches staggered in the middle of the week and that they kick off at half past ten on the weekend when I actually could get away with that. Ridiculous. Anyway, Colon de Santa Fe, versus Gimnasia Riva La Plata, is a Colon win. Argentinos Juniors versus Lanús is a Lanús win, but don't bet your house on it because they have got properly like by Dolores next week. Estudiantes de la Plata against Atlético de Rafaela I think is going to be a very narrow Estudiantes win. Vélez Sarsfield versus Belgrano, home win, just. Belgrano, by the way, this is a lot of stuff I've got to have, have now fallen behind and then not lost the game in all six of their matches so far in the torneo final. And it's the first time in short championship history that a side has managed that. Yeah, I read that on Twitter, but I think this weekend they'll fall behind and not come back. Yes, <laughs> that's, uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, Olimpo de Blanca against Newell's Old Boys is a Newell's win. And if you fancy it, then just bet on Newell's to score four, because probably going to happen. Uh, Godway Cruz against San Lorenzo is going to be a draw. River plays against Aston Sarandi is I'm slightly optimistic perhaps but I think River could just about edge it wrestling against Boca Juniors really really intensively <laughs> <laughs> brought. Uh, the, the actual recommended bet that I've got is to go under two and a half goals um, that's a very good bet but, uh, we'll see Kielo against all boys I think is going to be it's got to be a Ricardo Caruso Lombardi win that uh, is a win for Ricardo Carlos Lombardi's current team not his former, i.e. Kilmas, uh, and probably a horrible match. By, <laughs> <laughs> <and laughs> uh, uh, by the time, and incidentally, another good stat: by the time that match, match, match ends, Carlos Lombardi's current spell in charge of Kilmes will have consisted of five games, of which three will have been against former clubs. Um, but Rosario Central <laughs> to 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 play against played against Newell's, right? right? Yeah, that's the one
1: to come. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and Rosario Central against that secret is a good. draw. That's all of your predictions Does anyone particularly Agree
1: really or disagree With any of those i we'll have to say For Racing and Boca I'm going to back a Racing win But I've got a <laughs> Stonewall reason why Because in the 2013 final My other half went To the game with me Who's For um, Familiar obligations Is a Boca fan But mm-hmm. she came with me To the Racing popular And Racing won And she's going to Come with me again For a uh, Began on Sunday, so obviously she's uh,
3: calm. So we're gonna be fine. So a fan takes along a, t- a Boca fan. <laughs> yes, exactly. as a good luck charm. Yes. <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, I think Racing will win only because of all these dressers' problems with Boca mm-hmm. and and we don't know if Orion will be the goalkeeper, if Ledesma will be part of the team. I uh, know uh, no, no, Ledesma is injured, so he, he won't be able Man's to play. Suspended. Yes, and so <laughs> 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 complete. No. But, uh, yes, only for that I
0: think that Racing will, will get a victory. And for my good luck yeah. If you told me about your good luck before I wrote my pre, You would have gone for for yeah, Racing. Sorry,
1: yeah. I you need all the information before writing. There we go, indeed. Uh, I'll explain to your boss at Hong
4: Kong if it cuts the wrong way. thank you, thank you. Uh, does anyone have anything to add? I have a strong feeling that Guadalupe Cruz is going to win against 100 Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I
1: think. Can we take advantage of, um, Give of our lower league guests and throw a couple of
0: predictions for their teams? Go on then, yeah. Peter. How, <laughs> <hands to play? laughs> how are they going to fare against what <laughs> a home win to order? A camp? home win. It's got to be
3: sure. Well, if it isn't, then
4: I, well, I, I one one start to worry. One nil if the uh, Felipe. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, remembers but, to put Pisano on. Obviously, uh, be a very uh, narrow win. Gustavo, I Atlanta not to Phoenix. Home it it would
0: be At home to Phoenix, two think. zero uh
4: two nil two. for Atlanta.
0: Atlanta. Away Sorry, Atlanta. they're away to Phoenix. Away. Um, and for Chicago versus Defensores de Belgrano?
4: Two one for Nova Chicago. Okay. Probably not.
0: Bet all of your pocket money on
4: that this weekend. <laughs> uh, the, the game the game to watch for Primera for Bay will be on Monday, Platense against Los Andes. Okay. And I will go three one for Platense.
0: Excellent, thank you very much. And now we've reached the time of the evening where it's time to say goodbye and then possibly go and get something to eat because it's half past nine already. Um, thank you very much and congratulations on a sterling debut, Gustavo. Thank you. Thank you to uh, Andres. Thanks, thanks to you. Thank you to Peter. Thank you. Uh, for the living room as well as for the yeah, presents, despite office. the lateness and the interruptions. <laughs> yes, no, thank you, anyway uh, and, uh, and thank you to English Film. Thank you, sir. And from me, it's thank you again for listening. Please remember to tell your friends, and goodbye. <laughs>